slowly I'll build on that till that becomes a uh, a more of a, <clears throat> a soft movement that the horse is, you know, doing and going, I'm okay about this. So um, if if you sort of get a feeling over your horses, you know, some people always like soften when the horse takes a step and they wonder why I'm holding longer. It's like, well, that step, the horse didn't feel good in that step. And I know that horse knows how to be rewarded for taking a hard step, but now I'm going to hang in there till it takes a soft step. Hello, welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast, a podcast helping people to understand their horses better, to provide solutions in a calm, connected way. I'm Jenny Barnes. And I'm Mark Langley. Hi, hi Mark, I'm talking to you. Um, I'm, I'm in Australia, where I always am, and you are currently in Germany. Yeah, in, Is that right? in, Cologne, in Cologne at the moment. Uh, yeah, at lunchtime today, I'm going to sort of fly over to to England where I'm going to do a little demo over there and uh, yeah but I've just um, done a couple of clinics um, one up in uh, Munster or near Munster and another one that I've just finished in Cologne um, with a couple of demonstrations yeah and yeah really good to be over here and I find I find uh, the Germans really you know really fun to teach and yeah yeah they're, they're really hospitable and yeah look after me very well over here so it's, it's nice to be here. I'm sure they appreciate you being there. I mean, it's fantastic for them to sort of see you in action. And, and um, last time you were there was a few years ago. We had we had COVID, so they'll be they'll be glad to have you back, no doubt. Yeah. Um, I've got quite a few questions to get through. We had a, a lot of uh, new members have come on board in the last few weeks, which is really really wonderful. So thanks everyone for joining. If if you're new to the membership, um, for those of you that get the podcast, of course these questions are real questions that come from our online members, and um, we just do it as part of the subscription that we offer them. So um, for this week, um, Mark, most of the questions are going to be revolved around helping horses pretty much from the ground. There's a question in there that's going to sort of tap into a bit of theory behind when you stop and when you know when to do something else. So the first question, though, that I'd like you to start with um, is from Fiona. And it's all about her young horse, who she is just starting to get to respond to leading from feel. And she's sort of moving off onto getting her horse to go into a circle. So Fiona has a, um, a three-year-old Arab and what she's wanting to do is sort of go into lunging I suppose but without you know wanting to do any driving with it so she can get her horse to leap past the shoulder but then what she's finding is that her little Arab mare just gets stuck and will stop on a bad day and maybe on a good day will wander in a straight line or wherever she wants to head but when she starts to apply pressure so that she can get her in that circle it results in her falling in and coming back to her so she's been working in the paddock with her other friends around her. She doesn't really have a round yard, but she wants to keep her where she's comfortable with her friends anyway. So she's just wondering if you have any advice for her so that she can get her to go forwards um, and independently, but not without chasing and without that resentful mindset. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it, it's, it's always a challenge uh, if you were to sort of give up that driving pressure and that need to sort of, you know, keep that horse pushing from the loin area to keep them out on a circle or something like that. And there are times where you can use a little bit of sort of energy or life or something to sort of get that horse to sort of help help with the moving and stuff like that. But I think people step into that too early with their horses and they sort of, you know, just use drive because it's easy and it gets them out and going. So, you know, I encourage people and what you're trying to do yourself is trying to get that horse to lead out and, um, you know, maintain a flow out there. Um, 
and and it's actually quite hard you know well i say it, it's harder than just sort of you know getting a stick or a flag and just sending them out but the benefits of it overall means later on your education speeds up because the horse is more balanced in the rain it trusts you more a whole bunch of things um so so what we one of the things I sort of encourage people to do before they even get them out on that sort of longer line and circle um, is get them to supple up in hand and just walk around us softly. Um, and that's a, that's a lesson where I just hold the knot and I sort of almost push my arm out uh, like I'm like I'm sort of making a cross with my two arms, but except one of those arms I can put down. So I'm putting my arm out as far as I can stretched out. And I just hold the horse on the knot there and I get them to soften up. I might do backwards and forwards a little bit and get them to really supple up so they can actually start to loosen and start to walk around me. And if you hold enough, sounds a bit funny this, but um, I, I ask people, every time thinks I've always got a trick question because, you know, because, you, you know, I'm always trying to think outside the box. And I say to someone, um, if you had an egg and you threw it against the wall, is the wall going to splat or the egg? And someone goes, oh, this is a trick question, isn't it? And I say, well, no, it's not. The egg's going to splat. Um, <laughs> so what I mean by that is um, sometimes if you hold yourself quite rigid um, against the brace of a horse, the horse, somebody's got to give. And, and, and so we're trying to sort of hold enough brace in us and hold the horse out there on the circle until they soften and start to sort of you know soften through their body and just start to walk softly around us and in a lot of cases people are sort of stepping away a bit their hands kind of moving around and then the horse moves a bit and then they've moved their position but if we hold brace there a little bit and just kind of rock them backwards and forwards and have a bit of rigidity in us then soon the horse will get a bit rigid on our rigidity but then all of a sudden someone's got to give so either we go fluffy and the horse stays braced or the horse goes fluffy and we stay braced um so in that so what we're doing is we're just holding a little rigid out there and you find if you get a horse to walk a soft circle around you where you're sort of in the middle like like the middle of a clothesline one of those you know i don't know if you have them all around the world but in australia we've got a hills hoist clothesline and the you've got the center post and it spins around and basically um we're holding our horse out on the end of our arm and the horse softens around us but when a horse can walk softly around us and just start to bend in there bend through look into the turn bend in the head and the neck and just softly you know then inside hind foot tracks underneath softly underneath the ribs a bit they actually stop pushing on us and they start to realize that you know they they can't push in and they they carry that sort of correct bend and then from there that's where you pour your horse out to go out on a longer line but if you don't um get that softness on that sort of close circle you find that the horse is always wanting to fall in and it's still braced and then um, it doesn't understand that that space in there is your sort of your spot that you're sort of grounded on. Um, so if you spend a bit more time working on that forwards, backwards, walk around uh, you until the horse is really soft, then you'll always have a little bit of trouble when you send them out. So that's the first sort of part of it that I try and get people to understand that. Um, and then from there, uh, you can always, if your horse falls in, you, you can bring them right back up to your hand, get them to soften, uh, walk around you, and then you just pour that rope out. So they start to feel when that rope gives them some space to go out, and then you bring them into your hand, 
and and then then you're actually asking them to go and hunt that feel and then come back in again and hunt that feel and come back back in so they learn to follow the inside rein out and back in um, and when they get in close to your hand they get soft and supple up around you and that lesson in itself really prepares them for traveling out but when they come in they're still soft and they're not falling in on us or facing up and stopping they know that they can can maintain that flow around us um, and then from there you, you know there's different things you can do uh, so the other thing that I do is is uh, I get I, I teach them a leading lesson where I actually walk in the same direction as them and I pick up my lead and when that knot goes forward and my hand and shoulder kind of push forward there to go forward and I'm aiming that the horse's sort of uh, shoulder goes just past my shoulder and then I just let them off a little bit and I might let them travel out and pull the rope out then I might turn again like just pivot and turn and go in a new direction I'll pick up again and they'll have to catch up and go past me and then after a while that horse starts to rate where your shoulder is and where you're leading and then they start to sort of when you pick up on that lead they're very quick to sort of catch up and get past and um, and then after a while they'll start to maintain that balance in front of your shoulder and then you just have to turn your shoulder push the leading hand up a bit and that horse will speed up and speed up and speed up until they can they can get a trot so so that's a way that I get the horses to learn to speed up and travel but another really good thing to do on a lunge and I did this just at the last clinic with a lady who's she's done a lot of horsemanship over here in Germany but um, the horse was just you know looking around just traveling around a circle and she had a stick behind it as she was kind of lunging it around and uh, then I went in to help her with a lesson and I just put the belly rope straight on the horse and said I might show you another way to get this horse to travel a circle around you and we used the belly rope and because that horse when I saw it riding earlier on it had uh, it still had uh, sort of real sticky spots with her the feel of her legs um, so instead of sort of you know I, I would say waste time lunging it in a circle I'd say well how about we kill two birds with one stone so what worked really good with that horse was you know I put the belly rope on and I got it to lead up till it could sort of soften up and understand the belly rope was around it and then from there we used the belly rope for that forward impulsion so uh, you're still on that sort of circle, um, so you get, you've got your your rein that's guiding their their, their, their head, and then you've got the rein, the, the rope that's guiding their belly. So you, you make a little triangle between the, the belly and the head, and you hold that in one hand, and then you can just grab the belly rope or the rein, depending on which one you want to steer. If you want to steer a bit, you steer in a bit, then you take the belly rope and push, and you push the belly rope forward, and that puts a feel around that horse's rib cage, and they start to travel forward like a leg aid. And I find getting a long rope on a horse and doing a belly rope lesson as a lunging lesson is a really, really good way of making it easy to get forward impulsion. It teaches them to get soft to the legs. Um, and once you get used to holding those two ropes, as long as you don't let the rope go around their flank and frighten them, you have to be very wary of that. Um, then it's a really good way of saying, hey, push forward to that feel. And, and you can get a horse to travel a nice a nice uh, you know circle around you or a straight line and you push the belly rope and they sort of speed up according to the amount of feel through the belly rope and, and it's a really accurate way of getting impulsion because it's more accurate than sort of them looking at something and they can feel it through their ribs and they just go forward uh, so that's also a very good way to to get a horse to travel forward get a trot up and things like that and even get to you know this horse would would walk trot and canter on the belly rope um, 
and and the horse responded really well because of the accuracy in in the uh, in the aid um, and also uh, I did it in a way that made the horse have to really follow that feel so instead of looking off where all the other horses were it had to sort of concentrate a little bit harder so it really became quite focused on what it was doing and managed to soften up but that's another way of getting nice forward impulsion uh, on that lunge. So it's, it really comes down to that technique and making sure that the, the feel is there, they're not responding to some visual cue. Yeah. Because um, I know Fiona was sort of trying to get her to go forward, um, waving a branch or a stick and getting her attention, and that works okay. But once you're on the circle and you're using feel yeah. slightly behind, well, the feel's got to work. There's no branch or anything to get that forward focus. So um, there's a few, quite a few tips there for you, Fiona. Um, my suggestions for you, if you want, you could always send through a short video what you're doing. You know, is your horse understanding feel well enough? Do you want Mark to just have a quick look at it? He can do that video review for you. So that's just a, just a thought. Um, so just um, staying on with horses from the ground, I'm going to move on to Renee, um, who has a gelding, who's done a couple of clinics with you recently. And just a tiny bit of background for people, Renee's horse was um, quite reluctant to go on a float uh, and get to these clinics and leave the clinics. Um, very problematic for her and, and, and her. She spent a lot of time working on getting him on and off the float with, with Mark. She's had some success and um, she sort of has gone since the clinics, Mark, she started to put him on a different friend's float, which is um, perhaps more appealing to him. And she's sort of finding that it's an angle load and he's, he's walking on straight away. He has uh, gone on to her float and run straight back out. So a couple of things have happened since her recent clinic with you, which she feels he's testing her boundaries. And so um, one of the things that he's doing is they've gone on a couple of trail rides and he's been good. But then on one trail ride, he just sort of stopped and didn't want to go forward. Um, and um, if she wants or if he sort of gets too close to her on the ground and she puts her hands up in the air and tries to push him back, she feels like he's not really listening, um, doesn't really respect her. And recently, so she's gone into the paddock with him just to kind of take, I suppose, away all of this training and um, spend time with him. And then she's gone to get the halter and she's put it on him. And as soon as they go towards the gate, he will stop dead and literally refuse to go. So um, her question is that now they've got to this point, um, she's sort of finding that she feels that maybe he doesn't respect her leadership. You know, he's, not, he's refusing to leave the paddock. She's had these problems out on the trail and running out of the float. Have you got any tips for her so that she can build this leadership sort of with him and, uh, and maybe establish herself a little bit more if that's what she needs to do? Yeah, so um, <clears throat> with him and, and Renee knows this full well that the, the biggest thing and the hardest thing for him is to keep his mind open um, and he, he phases out very, very easily for not careful and Prior to Renee owning him, he was kind of, you know, used as a mode of transport and bent in and pushed up and bent in and pushed up until basically there was nothing left in him and he lost all his try and just started to sort of not want to think away from his mates and just sort of lock up at, at the at the gate and, uh, you know, lock up near a float. And he locks up so much so that you can feel the sort of rigidity and the stiffness and the dullness through his body that it almost like you could wave a flag and a bomb could go off and he just sort of blocks it all out. Um, and, and we had some really good responses in opening up. And when he opens up, he's actually really, really soft. Uh, and, he, and he's got some good try in him. Um, but it's kind of years of that repetition that has sort of shut him down that you're sort of, you know, what you're doing is, you know, you're opening him up in pieces 
but there's so much old repetition of him blocking out that it doesn't take long for him to go back into that sort of memory of, of blocking out. The thing about opening him up, uh, you may get also a horse that starts to challenge and have more personality and different things like that, and then you'll still have gremlins coming out of him of, of the hard feeling. So instead of locking out and just going, I don't want to do it, he might sort of challenge you and things like that. And that's all, that's all part of the process that we have to sort of go through. But uh, I think uh, knowing him and knowing the situation you're in, I think don't bite off more than he can chew and don't get excited about the newfound soft horse too quickly uh, because you might sort of think, well, he's going well, I've got him on my friend's float, I've taken trail riding, I've done this, but don't overdo the try in him. Um, you know, do one thing well and put him away and just slowly grow that confidence in him, make him feel, so, so, so you know, I'm not a big uh, uh, user of positive reinforcement in the sense of, you know, click, treat, that sort of thing, you know, food, treat, stuff like that. But I am a big uh, believer in positive reinforcement through the feeling we create in a horse through finding an emotional um, an, an emotional place where they feel good, uh, where they feel soft, um, they, they, they are aware and they are connected with us. And through opening horses up and offering pathways of feel, we're trying to put them in that place of feeling good. Um, so with him, uh, he's become smart enough over the years to go, well, okay, I don't really like that. And I know I'm going to get stressed, so I'm just going to lock down and just say I want to stay with my, my friends. So what I want you to sort of really think about is, you, you know, in that leading lesson when he sort of locked up in the paddock and didn't want to go to where the nice grass was, um, maybe he started to anticipate that, you know, I'm going to go on the float, I'm going to go for a trail ride, and this is all going to happen. And though he's been open for you, you've got to be careful how much you want from him in the sense of using him as a motor transport and doing stuff with him because it's not it's very easy for him to fall back into the same old, same old if we start to sort of think, oh, well, he's going really good, so I'll just keep going with him and ride out with him and, you know, enjoy him as a trail horse and know you might be doing the best you can to keep him in a soft place, it's still like a lot of extra stuff on him uh, still emotionally and, and physically. So I think um, maybe ask for a little bit more, do a little bit less. So what I mean by that is ask him to come out of that sort of place of shutting out, do a little bit with him and then put him away and, and maybe build his confidence over a little bit longer time opposed to sort of, you know, doing quite a bit with him to sort of hopefully, you know, train him into being a better horse for you. So when he shuts down in that paddock there, like you have to get him back in the land of the living somehow. You have to do something to say, let go of that freeze. And when he lets go of that freeze, just lead him back to where he wants to be again and then let go of that freeze and lead him off at another angle. Don't lead him exactly in the direction you want to go to take him away from the horses. Maybe just lead him to the other side of the horses and, and maybe just, you know, do something to say, let go of that freeze, let's walk through here. Let go of that freeze, let's go over here and slowly sort of build his confidence of following that field and then take him away to the gate, away from the horses and then take him back again. Um, you know, you've got to work within his thresholds a little bit. I mean, you can't have him working shut down, but you have to sort of uh, make him sort of say, oh, it wasn't, you know, you still have to uh, grade the exposure, I guess, of what you want to do with him. So so he starts to think, well, this is not, not such a bad idea. 
Um, so maybe uh, also when you you know you load him on a float, don't load him on the float to take him on some big trail ride somewhere. Load him on the float to just take him somewhere and load him off and do something nice with him, like take him to where the grass is and let him eat the grass from the float. So there's some more good ideas involved in in what you're doing, and that is that is obviously using some sort of positive reinforcement because you're you're doing something that's probably negative to him, but by doing that, he's going to do something that he likes, uh, like eat some nice grass. And um, so try and balance out the amount of work things he's doing versus the things that kind of make him feel okay. Uh, so maybe not as much riding him out, just do a soft ride, bring him back until and, and slowly expand the times that you're on him. So he's having 100% uh, good feeling and you know he's 100% open so it'd be like a baby horse you ride him out of the round yard you might go down the paddock a little bit and tell him I'm going to take you home and so that'll do and the next day he might go a little further I think with him you've got to treat him a little bit like that to bring back his uh, so, so he has more positive transitions with you than negative ones so yeah just because you can open them up and they start to soften doesn't mean they're just going to turn into a new horse again you have to slowly build them again into being that confident, uh, you know, free-moving, free-minded horse uh, by maybe limiting the amount of things that you do with him, but make sure every time they do it, they, they're feeling good about it and they're in the land of the living. Uh, so I think maybe if you can understand all that, that that's how I'd treat him. Um, don't get too excited about him opening up and do too much. Get excited about opening him up, make him do a small thing and say, good, I'm going to put you away, you've done really well. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. I love what you've just said. So it's almost like forgetting that agenda completely. You know, you're not trying to get him. You're not going into that paddock to spend time with him and eat him out of the paddock. You're just going into that paddock and you're going to respond to whatever his deeds are and build yeah. build a good place for you both. Yeah. Um, okay. So um, I've got a sort of a bit of a theory question for you, Mark, from Christine. When she hears you say in your training, things like reward that, let him have a think about it, release the pressure, rest there, stop for a minute, leave that. How do you know when to say that, when, to, when, you, know, when you're wanting something to change? Where, how do you know when to reward? How do you know when to release the pressure? It's a big question, I think, but let's just hear a very brief answer from you if you can. A change of, uh, like, it's, it's usually a change of thought you're releasing. Uh, to, to sort of show the horse that they're on the right track. Um, sometimes it could be a change of emotion. Uh, so what I mean is, so say if, I'm, if I was holding a left rein and the horse sort of starts to try to think left, I'd loosen that left rein up a little bit to say thanks for the thought change. So the horse gets rewarded for the thought change and it starts to learn to think, you know, change its thoughts. So basically sometimes it might be just uh, rewarding because the horse has let go of what it was, already thinking so if the horse is gazing and I sort of pick up a feel on the rope I'd loosen the rope when it stops gazing uh, off into the distance so you're still rewarding the change of thought the horse letting go of something and then after that you'd be saying well now you've let go of that and you sent it I might ask for the rein again and, and then the horse is going to think more strongly into that rein or that rope so you'd reward that uh, sometimes when I'm backing a horse it's very hard to see a horse might be thinking backwards and so it's uh, uh, the this might be a more difficult one is when you when you've sort of picked up a feel on the horse say for instance on the ground and you're backing it 
Well, the horse might go from a forward thought to a backward thought, but it's still carrying quite a strong, hard emotion. So though it's thinking backwards, it's still a little bit hard and stiff. And there's times where I'll say, well, I know you know how to think backwards, but I know you've never found a soft backup, which means I might hang in there a little longer till I feel a softening of emotion and, and, and the body softens a little bit. And then I'll sort of reward that because if I don't reward some form of softness, the horse will never feel good in that movement, which means, um, you know, it, it doesn't know, well, what's the point of doing it? It just, it just makes me feel bad. But if you can hold on to a brace long enough until the horse let's go with the brace a bit then and and then it starts to go hey, actually i like that i feel much better when i soften and then they start to sort of let go of that strong emotion earlier and they start to soften sooner so so sometimes i'm actually holding until i feel a softening you know you might feel a softening of the horse's muscles their eyes soften a little bit and they almost sort of stop fighting uh, and then i might loosen there and say that's a good spot there and then slowly i'll build on that till that becomes a uh, a more of a, a soft movement that the horse is you know doing and going I'm okay about this so um, if if you sort of get a feeling over your horses you know some people always like soften when the horse takes a step and they wonder why I'm holding longer it's like well that step the horse didn't feel good in that step and I know that horse knows how to be rewarded for taking a hard step but now I'm going to hang in there till it takes a soft step so it's it's a hard one to sort of always you know know exactly when but you've got to know where your horse is at what it's already capable of uh, and then sometimes you you know you can hold in there a little longer without doing any damage uh, other times there's little baby horses or older horses that the slightest little try or slightest change of thought you might reward on just to sort of lure them into thinking in the right direction which means it might be a more subtle uh, like a, a, a sooner reward I guess um, for a, for a smaller change uh, and that's the real sensitive horses that if you kind of put a bind on them too long or, or too much pressure too long they get too anxious and they stop searching so those horses you, you're going to be very you know quiet and subtle but a, a horse that shuts out a lot more and is kind of resistant to pressure well you can put a lot more pressure in there and 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 and, and wait in there until the horse finds something better in there that makes it open up and feel better so yeah <laughs> The answer is basically when you get a change of thought and you feel a softness in the horse where the horse actually feels a little bit better than it did before, that's really the aim because rewarding a hard movement is only rewarding something bad, whereas you have to sort of reward something soft uh, as in the horse softening in its emotion. So mostly it's from an emotional change, the reward, opposed to a physical change. And... Um, it can be different in every horse, depending on what you're asking as well. Very good. And we're going to leave it there for this week. Thank you very much, Mark, for those fantastic answers. And um, we will talk to you again soon. Thanks, Danny. Thanks, everybody. You can learn more from Mark and his approach online through his online training videos. Just search Mark Langley Horsemanship. Join hundreds of others around the world making real progress, fixing problems and improving their relationship with their horses. There are now over 500 training videos. Make use of the seven-day free trial and take a look. Membership is just $15 a month and you get to ask Mark a question.